All right then, so slightly different start to the podcast this week. Uh, probably just like not a podcast that we necessarily want to record, but we feel like we should probably talk about what happened uh, at the King Power on Saturday evening. Um, business will be resumed later on, um, but we've got Ollie with us. Thanks for having me back on, boys. Oh, that's Thank all right. It feels only uh, only right to have you here. No, yeah. Thank you so much. Um, we want to we we want to talk about what happened on on Saturday night. Um, forgive my pronunciation of the names. Uh, right. <laughs> Vichai Shrivad Hanaprabha. Yeah. Nasara Suknamai, Kaviporn Punpari, Eric Swaffer, and Isabella Rosa Lekovic all died in the helicopter crash that happened uh, on Saturday night. Um, quite a big. Probably, probably the biggest catastrophe in football for years. Definitely, definitely in our history, it's the darkest day of our club. Definitely. Um, I I just want to talk about um the owner. Uh, I'm going to call him Vichai, so because otherwise the podcast will be in our. Yeah. <laughs> um. T- talk to me about what he did for Leicester City. I can only speak on like. You know, I, d- I don't know other owners of other clubs, um, so I can only speak of what my owner did for my club. But he was everything you would want, absolutely everything you'd want. Is I'm pretty much just echoing what BBC and Sky Sports have reported about his generosity on his birthday. He would uh, give out free beers and free cupcakes and things like that. Uh, Travelling away fans often got free scarves when they went to games. Uh, his incredible. Um, charitable donations as well. I remember watching a live stream of uh, the. He normally does the the end of season awards, and uh, Susie Whelan came out and she announced that the owner had given two million pounds to a children's hospital. Yeah. And there was a audible intake of breath, and it was it was things like that thing. You know, he, he didn't have to do this, and that's what I think is is fantastic about Vichai. He was. He was a modern owner. It wasn't just about what can I do for the club. It was what could I do for the club and the city. Yeah. You know, the local community, the area around the club. Yeah, he he delivered. Uh, from what I've been reading, obviously I didn't know much about what he'd done in the local community. Until no, and that's sad, sort of isn't it? That it's it's taken this tragic event for all this yeah, to come to light. It should have been already known, but um, that's what happens. Yeah, two million pounds to the local hospital and and all that sort of stuff is is fairly amazing. Um, on the football side of things, he delivered probably the the greatest Premier League trophy of all D- time. Delivered and some. I remember it was I think it was 2014 I was in a class and I was just flicking through BBC Sport some, some sort of boring lesson and the BBC had just posted an, an article saying Leicester owner envisions uh, European football in five years and I was laughing I can only imagine that everyone else was laughing <laughs> I imagine the bloke who wrote the article was laughing it only took him two years <laughs> and, we, and we did it and yeah. and he had a it, I mean, all the even all the players who have been on loan at the club, like um, Van Arnholt and uh, Lingard, in their messages have spoken about a clear identity that they could see on their short time at loan. Yeah. And that is what was so amazing about Vichai. And it was, there was a clear structure. It was a... Do you, do you remember what Ranieri used to always say in his press conferences? And it would be like, slowly, slowly, or 40 points, or yeah. we'd just look, you know, so one game at a time. Vichai was the exact same. He didn't... Mm. It was... It was all about building foundations and getting there slowly. Mm. 
and that is just yeah I can only just keep saying that he was so amazing and that yeah. the club will miss his vision and his uh, his character tremendously yeah he was a pretty amazing guy go on Josh I, uh, I think if there's a model for teams coming up from the championship on how to sustain yourself in the Premier League then like Winning the title aside, because that probably that, couldn't have been planned for, but how Leicester have done that, I feel that is this that is, is the yeah. They are an established Premier League. This team, is this is a, a sort of a, sort of uh, related, but winning the title was probably the best thing that could have happened to us, and also the worst thing. And what I mean by that is because let, let's take out the title win. We finished fourteenth, twelfth, and ninth. That is a club on the ascendancy. But since we've won the title, our fans have always wanted more. We've always felt that we're the seventh best team in the Premier League. It's top six, and then we are that other team. Mm-hmm. And if one of those big six is having a bad year, it should be us that take it place takes the place. So, ever since that time, we've always wanted more. And up until the West Ham game, our fan base had never been more toxic. It was pull in, pull out, and it was getting really um, tense on social media and you could really really see the divide they were often they were booing his decisions at games it was just it was a a reasonable majority of the fans and it's it's really sad that it was it's something like this that's had to happen but I feel like Vichai's passing has now united us and I feel like the, the club will it's a, it's a horrible way to, there's no other way to say it but to benefit from it you know it, yeah. it, we needed this to say what the hell are we doing we're Leicester City we should be on us you know we sh- it should be all of us together not apart and even Schmeichel I think in his message said something about we need to unite now yeah. I think he even recognised that maybe the players <coughs> were not always 100% with Puel. yeah I, I think personally um, I haven't seen a unification across the football world like this in my lifetime nothing's yes. happened uh, every message towards that I've seen towards what's happened has been um, obviously of grief um, yeah. but of like a united front yeah. basically it's, um, it's very alien when it happens to you because I, th- I don't know when it was I think it was a few years ago with the Brazilian team with yeah. the, the airplane and, and you do this you, you do it you read it and you go oh no and you tweet you tweet about it and then it's sort of it's not gone from your mind it's still there but you know but when it happens like on your doorstep it's just absolutely it breaks your heart and and it's so weird to see Barcelona tweet I know it's just a tweet but it's so weird to see Barcelona tweet and our thoughts are with Leicester City right now and to see all these iconic past footballers say oh my heart breaks you and it's very um, disturbing when it's so close to home yeah um and it's just about I'm not a religious man I'm not a spiritual man I'm not anything but just really like you know take your life for granted or make the most of what you got because Vichai really did you know he was an owner he wasn't just an owner that saw the club as a business thing he saw it as a passion and he loved the club and he would attend all the games or as many as he could he would travel from from all the way in his in Thailand to London to Leicester then back again for some games Mm -hmm. that's dedication and he will be missed massively well, I don't think I can say it any better than that. Um, something else that happened on Saturday that I think we should mention as well is Glenn Hoddle. Um, he had a heart attack, I think, in the BT studios. Um, incredible player before before all of our lifetimes uh, as a player uh, and probably as a manager as well. But I'd just like to say that our thoughts as well are yeah, definitely. with uh, Glenn Hoddle. Hope he's recovering well, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you very much, Ollie. 
Not a problem, boys. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. Hello. Hello. Welcome to episode 10. Is this 10? We made it to double figures. Oh my God. Episode 10 of Just Another Football Podcast with me, Danny Miller. And me, Josh Betley. Wonderful stuff. Episode 10. Do you think we'll get double figures in terms of viewing this week? I hope so. <laughs> I bloody hope so. Wait, is, um, 10? is this like season one? This is season one. Oh, yeah. I mean, season one's going to be 36... Plus specials. Plus specials. Plus specials. Well, actually, because we didn't do the first two weeks because we were late, weren't we? Yeah. yeah we just didn't plan that very well. Sums us up a yeah. little bit. <laughs> um, thanks for everybody that listened last week and have got involved on uh, Twitter and Instagram, at JaffPod. Um, we're going to be going through some of the stuff that we had on there uh, later on in the podcast. Thanks to everyone also that made it through the Monster podcast last week. Um, I think somebody said that it was hard listening with two Geordies on the podcast. Yeah, that was just me that said yeah. that. <laughs> you were, you were out-northerned, Josh. Um, right, let's crack on with the football. Um, quite an interesting weekend of, of games. Um, and we're going to start with Fulham versus Bournemouth. Uh, Fulham have now conceded 28 goals in just 10 games. That's the joint most in Premier League history with because uh, football only started in 1993. Um with Barnsley in 97-98 and with Southampton in 2012-2013 it was another shocking Fulham display Um, I don't know how much of the game you saw Josh Um, yeah I've watched it on Match of the Day Um, this is a great advert for Match of the Day this podcast isn't it but I also watch Premier League Review on BT Sport yeah which so you get like slightly different perspectives yeah um, I think this summed it up for me like how old is Timothy Fossey Mensah he's uh, like he's 20 I think 20 yeah. and on like in the build up the com- whoever it was the commentator on that game was like oh and the Fulham fans are hailing the return of Fossey Mensah to their defence a welcome return he's 20 yeah and he's like, shit <laughs> he didn't make it at Man United and like let's face it you either make make it at Man United very few players actually like get through the academy but then don't make the first team are actually good enough for the Premier League yeah. it's not just they're not good enough for United they're not normally good enough for the Premier League like he's a young lad played for, he played a few get handful of games for United and was alright but he's not going to fix that defence no and his tackle on uh, I think it was on Callum Wilson yeah um, was woeful absolutely woeful just dozy yeah, dozy it's challenge just silly defence he didn't need to make the tackle Wilson's going away from uh, going away from goal he just stuck a leg out mm-hmm. and uh it's just really, really poor. The, uh, one of the blokes, I think it was on Premier League Review, says like he feel, felt like Fossey Mensah thought that Wilson was going to like try and shoot. Okay. So he's just like sort of, and then like it's just an afterthought. He's put his leg out as he goes past him, but you can't do you can't do that. There was a lot of tackles like that this weekend. Yeah, I was, was like, what was that? There was, and we'll get onto those. Um, Fulham attacking wise, um, they just didn't create anything, and and they've spent all this money. They spent all this money. Sorry, Josh is just moving his chair. <laughs> um, they've spent loads of money up front um, on players like Sherla and Mitro and uh, Seri and people like that in in like the more attacking positions, uh, and it just doesn't seem to be working for them. I, they haven't scored for a couple of games now, or if they have, they've only scored one. They're relying um, on like thirty-yard screamers from Sherla, or just crossing it into the box. It's not going to work against. 
um, the more like I can't believe I'm saying this is Bournemouth, but more established Premier League teams. They 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 are an established Premier League team now. Um, right, let's move on to Bournemouth. Um, oh no, let's let's stay on Fulham for a second. Um, should Kamara have been sent off at the end of the game? He got a yellow in the first half for probably the worst dive I've ever seen. Oh. And then he tried to complain about it yeah, as well. Yeah, absolutely ridiculous. It's like Sunday league tactics. I've seen Tom Fulham. Daly do like worse guys than that. <laughs> um, but in the second half, uh, near the end of the game, Fulham were already down to 10 men at that point. Um, should they have gone down to nine, do you reckon, when he kicked the ball away? Um, well, kicking the ball away is a yellow card offence. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I might have switched off by then. Was it after all the goals had gone in? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I tend to switch off after that's happened. <laughs> uh, I feel like maybe maybe the ref uh, used some sympathy potentially. But, I mean, to, by the letter of the law, yeah. it is a yellow card. So, he might have gotten away with one there. Yeah, I definitely think he has. Um, Eddie Howe, he is Bournemouth. Mr. Bournemouth. Was it like something like the 760th game he'd been involved with as wow. a player or a manager really Mr Bournemouth the question I want to ask you Josh is when will Eddie Howe move on and be in line for a better job well the uh, the sensible answer would be when he gets sacked because that seems to happen to most managers yeah. um, I don't know I think in that job like as we've seen with managers like like David Moyes for example um, I'm trying to think of other managers. Roy Hodgson going to Liverpool. Like, I don't think maybe. I mean, his his football's a lot more sort of modern than the two two other people I've just mentioned. Like Hodgson is a good but limited manager. He's good at what he does. Moyes is good at inspiring players that aren't maybe necessarily world class to play above their level, mm-hmm. or maybe not in the case of Sunderland and West Ham. Yeah. Um, difficult isn't it because he's like onto a winning combination here like he cannot really like even when they did they get stuffed a couple of weeks ago uh, or like at some point this yeah. season they lost like 4-0 so. I can't remember who it was against I'm probably that's probably wrong and I'm going to get in trouble or <laughs> but like he's he's adored by the fans he's adored by the players he's adored yeah. by the chairman um, my view on it is that um, I thought he was going to get the Arsenal job mm-hmm. I thought he would at least be in the running for the Arsenal job but there was nothing anywhere about it I couldn't believe it um, his style of football I think suits a club like Arsenal and um, maybe in a few years maybe he will be in line for that job um, I think potentially that rebuilding job wasn't they didn't want to take a risk on someone who is unproven at a bigger club is there a step between Bournemouth and uh, and Arsenal like I don't know I feel like Everton fans would want me to say Everton but I don't think that's a I feel like Bournemouth are in that category of like they could come seventh, but they're in the running for that sort of yeah. place. There, I wouldn't say they need to worry about relegation. They don't need to not think about relegation because obviously teams like them have been relegated before. Um, yeah, I probably not. Probably trying to take Bournemouth into Europe or something would be yeah. a way for him to te- test himself. Yeah, definitely. Um, Callum Wilson has five goals and four assists this season so far. Um, he should be in the next England squad. Yeah, I've when's that announced? Is that announced next week? Soon. Soon, because yeah, uh, it's got not a friendly on the 15th of Yeah, November. so there's one more Premier League weekend 
Yeah, so and they'll be being announced week. next week, I'd imagine. Yeah. Because I think Southgate showed his hand last time by not picking Sturridge. He could have picked Sturridge, but I don't think that's someone he wants to go back to. But we can't just have Kane and Rashford in the squad. And for me, Wilson's banging form. Yeah, he's a he's a different option. He's more like that Jamie Vardy option um, than than probably anybody else that he could pick from. Do you reckon? Uh, yes, I completely agree. I mean, that never happens. That. Never completely agree with me. They lost 4-0 to Burnley on the 22nd of September. Ah, well well remembered. I well found remembered. Um, all right, let's move on uh, to another potential England option uh, in uh, Brighton versus Wolves. It was 1-0 to Brighton. Glenn Murray scored his 100th goal for Brighton. It's not an England option. Uh, this, is, uh, this is the first top-flight meeting between Wolves and Brighton since 1981-82 season uh, the seventh top flight encounter and Brighton have won them all Cray I know don't want to play Wolves every week yeah I know um, you say Mer- Murray's not an England option why not because he's too old <laughs> he's not a he's not Ages. a long term option and I do feel like that's sort of what we're we're about at the moment yeah. more long term options has he got any England experience no I don't in think the, so in the younger levels let me have a look back in the day let me have a look um, you know that was his 100th goal for Brighton yeah he's uh, he's got 6 goals this season he's playing well bearing in mind he, he got pure decked last week against us um, pure decked pure decked yeah um, I, I think he is a I think he is a good option for England to be honest um, even if he didn't play for 89 minutes and he came off the bench to hold the ball up when we're winning I think he is a good option I, but I tend to agree in the fact that um, he's, in terms of longevity he's not going to go to the next uh, Euros is he? If there was an injury crisis I'd rather have him than say like Andy Carroll yeah or uh I was going to say Defoe, but then when Defoe played that one game, he scored. He got an assist last uh, last night in the Carabao yeah. as well. Because we're recording this on Wednesday. Normally we record these on Tuesday. He's not got any England age group experience. But then if you look at the teams he was playing for, Workington Reds, Wilmington Hammerheads, Barrow, Carlisle United, Stockport County, Rochdale, uh, Brighton and Hove Albion, Crystal Palace, Reading... Bournemouth and then back to Brighton again so like he's one of those players that's sort of like a fine wine isn't he he gets better with age yeah you, um, you're finding that a lot more in football I find players that aren't being discovered until they're a bit older and then when they get to the age of 30 they can actually run unlike Rooney when he got to 30 yeah. just like well, I suppose entered his natural decline for, if you're, <laughs> like Messi um, if you're yeah, playing like for Messi. do you see Rooney's goal for um, I could score in the MLS. Like no, do you see his free kick that he scored though? No, it was good. like it was like thirty-five yards out, and he banged it in the top corner. What a goal! He scored some absolute worldies. I, I admit it's in the MLS, but he scored some worldies. But if you're playing football continuously for fourteen years, I think this is the argument. You are going to peak a little bit sooner. Yeah. Whereas yeah. I think Glenn Murray obviously has played like. Um, essentially, kids' football for uh, ten years of his career, and then uh, and then has been playing Championship and Premier League level. Whereas Rooney was playing for Everton at sixteen in the Premier League, banging him in against Man United. So, mm-hmm. um, I think you are going to have that, a sort of have that decline, aren't you? 
Um, onto Wolves, um, they brought in Adama Traore for Diogo Jota, um, which was the first change of the starting eleven this season. It didn't really pay off. Uh, Jota looked pretty good when he came on, but Wolves are missing chances. Yeah, they they were very wasteful. But then a lot of their what was that noise? Sorry, that was my uh, right. that was me having friends. No, it's not. Nice try. Um, (laughs) The chances that they're getting aren't necessarily falling to their attacking players. Like, was was it Doherty that had quite a few chances? And, like, he... Banged on in a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, he did. But, you know, he's a a defender, isn't he? He's a a wing-back. But It will click for them. At one point, they will stuff someone. Yeah. But th- this happens to every promoted team, and it's about can they get off of this little run that they've got themselves onto, and if it carries on for like eight, nine, ten games, and that's a bit worrying. But you know, you go you go through points of the season where you don't win for four or five games. Yeah. But it's just about you know it is, if they keep creating chances, they will score. Yeah. Um, I tend to agree. Um, they they're an interesting one, Wolves, because they've been quite inconsistent. They've had quite inconsistent. 10 games they sit in the top half but um, they've played really good football but this would have been a game that you would have expected them to win maybe even though they're going to the Amex um, you would probably expect them to win this game Uh, I'm beginning to feel like you shouldn't bet against Brighton at home against teams that aren't in the top 6 I think Chris Hewton is quite a shrewd manager Yeah, Uh, I think he's very good at knowing what he's got and not sort of overextending that yeah, if that makes sense. I mean, I've banged on about it enough, but he rested Murray for when they played Man City because he was like, "What's the point in playing him? He's he's not going to get the ball. Yeah, he's not going to." And then the week after, he scored the winning goal against West Ham. Yeah, he's a he's shift. a he's a really good manager, Chris Heaton. Um All right, same question about Chris Heaton that there was Eddie Howe. Um, how long till will he ever get a better job than Brighton? No, I think he's at his sort of peak. But if he can maintain Brighton in the Premier League, then I think that's a... Because I wouldn't say, if you asked me to name the 20 biggest clubs in England based on heritage, previous history, that's the same thing as heritage. We'll go with heritage. (laughs) Um, History, previous heritage, what's gone on in the past, all those things. Um, You probably wouldn't have Brighton in the top 20 in terms of... Like you'd probably have teams like Blackburn in there, Nottingham Forest, Aston Nottingham Villa, Forest Villa, yeah, Bolton, yeah, <laughs> good joke. <laughs> First team to win three FA Cups in a decade, I would. Uh, oh really? In the twenties, yeah. Yeah, well, when I say a decade, in like the twenties, the thirties, not like twenty-five to thirty-five. If that oh, makes okay. Sense. In yeah. a singular decade. Okay. Um. All right, that's niche. Niche. <laughs> Also beat Man United the year after the Munich Air disaster, so uh, yeah. that definitely meant we were better than Man United. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, I think he's again. Do you remember when he first started managing Newcastle and he looked like a, a like school PE teacher? Yeah, just up I mean, and, he still looks like a school PE teacher. Now he turns up in his suit. Does he wear a suit on the touchline? Now? I think so. Because he, when he was in, I think when he was in charge of Norwich, maybe he was wearing tracksuits, um, and then he would come to his press conference in a suit. And I kind of like that. Yeah, I bet like, it was just one of those like ties that just like is attached to the shirt. Yeah, like, you, know, you know those jumpers that have just got like the top of the shirt in the middle. Yeah. 
Yeah. Or like a T-shirt with the suit printed yeah. on it. <laughs> what was that? Was it like a Spanish team? I thought it was one of their away kits. It was like a tuxedo oh, yeah. printed off the front of the Yeah, it was, that was horrific. Whose idea? Great to play that? with on FIFA, though. Um, yeah, I really like Chris Hutton. Um, I've obviously, he has quite an affinity with the Newcastle faithful because um, he brought us back up and was wrongfully sacked. Um, but I think he can do... I think he can manage a team that's better than Brighton uh, not better but uh, like a bigger club do you than think Brighton. the difference I don't think between he, teams disagree. like Brighton and say a team like Leicester is that Leicester have more financial clout when it, that they can attract I don't know because slightly better players Brighton have spent since coming up in in uh, whatever year it was 2016 something like that mm-hmm. um, they've spent like just under 100 million I feel like Brighton were always planning for the Premier League because they were always sort of there or thereabouts, weren't yeah. they, when it got, in terms of getting promoted. They have uh, Vicente for a while, you know, the bloke who played for Valencia for ages and yeah, played yeah. for Spain. Because I think they, they had him for a season or two um, and they they just missed out on promotion and stuff. So, yeah, I feel like they're another really well-run club, actually. Yeah, really, really well-run club. Um, all right, then. On to a club that's not so well run. Uh, Southampton versus Newcastle. Um, it was nil nil. Southampton. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, that was nil nil. Okay, next game. Do you actually uh, not want to talk about it? No, I do. Um, the uh, the highlights package on BT Sport was two highlights. Was it? It was two Southampton half chances, and that, yeah. that was it. Well, that was pretty much the game. Um, Southampton have lost just one game in 17 home league games against Newcastle, and that was in September 2004, the one they lost. Mm-hmm. It was another goalless game for both teams. That's, I think, 4-5 on the trot for Southampton now. Um, another game where Newcastle couldn't score. Um, positives in terms of Newcastle. Um, clean sheets. Um, bearing in mind how utterly woeful we've been at the start of this season in parts um, in probably 99% um, of the games that we've played we're not cut adrift um, we're one win away from being out of the relegation zone yeah. bearing in mind we haven't won a game yet um, it's, it's pretty amazing um, also your goal difference is I was very just about favourable Minus eight goal difference. I think everyone around us is minus seventeen, something like that. Huddersfield minus seventeen, Fulham minus seventeen, Cardiff minus fourteen, Southampton, who is sixteenth, and minus eight. I mean, it's the third worst, but like it's it's a long way. Like you're. Bear in mind, we haven't won a game yet. Yeah, you're six better off than Cardiff. Yeah, the worry is that no goals and no shots on target. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you think he set up to get a result though? Yes. Yeah. We, as I said, historically it's not a, a a nice place for us to go to Southampton. Um, I treat this the same way that I treat the Crystal Palace game. Uh, nil nil draw. I'm kind of happy with, even though I I think we needed a win. Mm-hmm. And the t- our two next games are Bournemouth and um, big games. Bournemouth and Watford. Watford next weekend, and then Bournemouth after the break. Um, it's. I am a little bit worried. I have to admit, it's not a not good time to be a Newcastle supporter. In terms of, um, there's quite a divide in the fans at the moment. I think me and Johnny spoke a lot about this last week. There's, 
there's planned protests now um, all the way up until Liverpool on Boxing Day. Uh, I'm not excited, I have to admit, for the next few weeks. Um, I'm kind of like disillusioned at the moment. Um, I kind of have to like force myself to watch match of the day and have to watch the highlights because I'm not enjoy like every time I watch Newcastle that when I think about the last game of last season where we beat Chelsea 3-0 um, I'm kind of like I don't know how to describe it like they, I was like they're onto something here mm-hmm. um, something could happen and then it just the money wasn't invested and I, like people will say oh Newcastle fans are always banging on about like the money not being invested or whatever but the as I mentioned Brighton spending nearly 100 million since being promoted we've spent a net this is net by the way so Brighton have spent 100 million net Huddersfield have spent 85 million net Newcastle have spent 100,000 pounds yeah net this think- season we made 25 million in the transfer window and from having a sorry to interrupt but from having like a uh, uh, interview last year where Mike Ashley was saying Rafa can have every penny the club generates that's absolute bullshit because it's not being reinvested into the playing squad and if you look down the list of players how many players would get into Brighton's team at the moment you would say like oh, well if you look at the players that aren't on form like Richie's not playing well um, Rondon is injured all the time Muto got a goal against Man United but and he runs after everything but he's not necessarily playing too well Perez is, was woeful on Saturday woeful um, Yedlin's not playing well Dummett is like average um, but at the moment is not necessarily playing too well Do you think with like the transfer situation I felt like Rafa was in a bit of a stick or twist scenario obviously like Gale and um, Rondon did a switch do you feel like because Johnny said last week, like he'd have probably rather had Gale still, because Gale's more of a like proven goal scorer. Yeah. But then if for transfer, as we're seeing with Spurs, if a transfer window goes by where there's no activity, like maybe the fans would have gotten Rafa's back a bit more. So he was in a bit of a like, like oh, it's a horses for courses change, but it's just sort of so I'm well, like I'm doing something. Yeah, he knows that he has to. He needs a big squad. Rafa because the players that we have aren't good enough so he needs to be able to rotate fairly frequently if that makes sense mm-hmm. so like I don't know we've got Richie, Atsu, uh, Jacob Murphy Kennedy, four wingers to either side pretty much every time Richie's not playing too upon me, Richie's not playing too well so hopefully he's going to start bringing in Jacob Murphy the problem I have at the moment with Rafa Benitez um, I'm not by no means calling for his head but the problem I have at the moment is he's sticking with this 4-4-1-1 formation it's not working mm-hmm. Perez is not playing well uh, Richie's not playing well Kennedy is not playing well and uh, I think last week against Brighton I think um, there was it was somewhat ridiculous like Brighton made 46 clearances or something like that which shows how much we were putting the ball into the box yeah. and we were playing Muto up front who's like 5-8 up against a Lewis Duncan Shane Duffy just doesn't work like I just don't think the tactics at the moment are necessarily helping the players that are on the pitch and that's the issue that I have at the moment and against Southampton again Shelby has is having to sit so much deeper because we haven't got Florian Lejeune in the back four Fred, 
like I said at the start of the season, I, I think Frederico Fernandez is the best signing of the Rafa Benitez era simply mm-hmm. because he's every game he's played in, he's been class. But he's not the same player as Lejeune. Yeah, he's not like a ball playing centre half, is he? No, he's like a mix. He's like the the link between Lascelles mm-hmm. and uh, Lejeune, but he's not like Lejeune is. So Shelby's having to sit really deep. It's meaning we're not getting forward. And Southampton, to be fair to them, they created some good chances on on Saturday, um, but they just didn't put them away. Well, Southampton do have forward players that can hurt teams. Redmond, Ings, Long. Like I know they're all woefully sort of out of form, but. Yeah, just saying that like El Yanusi is like a decent player Redmond it was Austin and Ings up front uh, Gabby Adini off the bench like they are players that can can hurt you so to keep, to keep them out I'd say is a fairly decent effort yeah we're looking good at the back but I, I worry about our, our strike force and I will until January um, there's talk of, there's obviously the rumours flying around but you know it's going to be one of those where we don't sign anyone and then on at the end of January on the transfer deadline day there's going to be a thing being like Newcastle failing loan bid for X player Peter Crouch yeah exactly Um, so um, Newcastle play Watford at the weekend um, on Saturday 3 o'clock prediction St James's Park Um, if you say we're going to lose score draw 1-0 1-0 I'm going to I don't think I've predicted a Newcastle loss yet. No, you this haven't. season. Uh, and again, you I'm going to stick that. You true might be to right form more often. Uh, no, I'm going to go one nil. Okay. Newcastle. Um, I just feel like Watford are in quite a good place at the moment. So yeah. Um, Southampton play on Sunday. We'll get to that in a bit. Um, all right then. So Watford are in good form. Let's get on to Watford then. They beat Huddersfield three nil. Uh, it was another really good accomplished Watford performance um, they actually scored with their first two shots on goal mm-hmm. um, Roberto Pereira talk to me about Roberto Pereira I've got a comment to make on the defending on this goal right if you watch the ball from when he enters the box the ball never actually deviates from a straight line and I was always taught watch the ball when you're defending Not the and he's doing all these fancy things he's like dummying this way and that but the ball never actually like changes from its trajectory so I would argue that, that was actually poor defending Yeah. because all it would have done is for someone to do this you know in the Flintstones when they just like put the foot out and like trip someone up or whatever yeah. um, I mean great individual skill to get from where he did with the ball to end up scoring I think he's potentially a player they could maybe struggle to keep hold of in January because I know it's the sort of player that maybe Spurs might buy in January. Well, he's already he equalled his goal tally for last season. Um, got him in my fancy team. And I'm he's absolutely sc- loving it. <laughs> he scored some great goals as well this season. Um, I, I think he's a really good player. I think yeah. you're right. He, he could get snapped up in January. You know, he's in form. Uh, how old is he? Do you know? Is he, in, mm. is he? Is he still quite young, like early twenties? Or I'll have a look. I'm just um, seeing. But yeah, he's a, he's a really really good player. Um, he's at the moment he's like creating a lot for Watford um, and you do worry if Watford lose him um, that their form could take a dip 27 um, 27 where's he been previously where's he been previously River Plate Udinese Juventus on oh Udinese Juventus. of course he's been to Udinese That's and why then he's Watford. Watford and he's got 11 Argentina caps as well oh wow 
Um, yeah, he's a really good player, um, and he's starting to pick up now. He'll be getting into his prime years, so he has to start mm-hmm. to uh, to yeah. pick up a little bit. Uh, second goal, I think the keeper will be really disappointed with. Yeah, because I think he's assumed Dale Lafayette is just going to cross the ball, and Dale Lafayette has just gone. What a finish! Bang. What a finish! He's one of those players, isn't he? That I think he could be incredible, but I just don't think he puts the application in away but that's, from the. Pitch. That's why. Um, that's why he's not playing for Barcelona anymore. Yeah. Um, you've got you. You have to have something to come through the Barcelona system, but you are right in terms of, um, in terms of, um, I forgot what I was going to say. His application. Nothing in terms. Yes, oh, the- no. You are you are right when you say like Manchester United, Fosu Mensa, He's come through the youth system and then they've let him go. Like you don't just come through the youth system and then be let go. Like he he would stay in the team. Barcelona have a track record for keeping like the young yeah. players in the team. He obviously wasn't good enough. Like to be good enough for Barcelona, obviously, is very very difficult. But he's he's been shipped off. He wasn't that great at Everton. Um. Had his moments, had but his, then... yeah. But then he's and now he's having his moments for West uh, for Watford. I still don't think he's. Um, I still don't think he's that. No, for me player, to yeah. be to be better to be as good as you can be, you can't just rock up for training and then leave when the manager says that's the end of training. You know, you, you've got to stay. Like Beckham used to say for hours after training, practicing his free kicks. Yeah, um, I still don't think I've ever come across someone that's as a, as good a crosser of a ball nat, like than Beckham yeah. in terms of like trajectory like the amount of times it was just on the money you can't necessarily judge a cross by like if it gets finished or not like um, well you can say that about like Ronaldo as well they say that, that Cristiano Ronaldo is there when everybody gets to training and is the last one to leave when he played at United you, I can't remember him taking that many free kicks I can remember the Portsmouth one but that is something that he improved from breaking onto the scene. And th- yeah, that was later and in his United career. I think well. when they signed him as well, he'd, he'd been playing at like fullback for like the Portuguese team. He'd been signed for like sport. It was he, sport yeah, he it? had he had the he had the. Do you remember he was all stepovers and everything? Yeah. But he like re- and he he bulked up like Ronaldo is has put in clearly so much work. Uh-huh. He's incredible. Um, but I don't I, and I, like you say just to get this back, um, Delafeo. I don't think he has that work ethic to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what a finish, what a finish. Yeah, great goal. Um, the third goal scored by um, somebody who hasn't scored in two years. He also has the best name in Isaac English football. Success. Isaac Success. Um, Would you say he's a success story? Can anybody heal, hear the tumbleweed? Uh, <laughs> um, it's my job, it's my job. On to Huddersfield. Um, Huddersfield, they're just not doing the simple stuff well at the moment. Um, I know we've spoken about how worried we are for them. Do you think they're they, they've got a set up camp where they are in the league now? I think they could have set up camp before a ball was kicked. But, um, <laughs> well, but, I don't know. They're, they're fighting with Cardiff for the worst team in the league. I think. Yeah, well, Cardiff are doing all right at the minute, despite their clown of a manager. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I just think again they've not really invested that much in the transfer window in terms of like proven Premier League quality so they're going to struggle yeah. they are struggling um, well Huddersfield play Fulham on Monday Night Football that is a both teams need a win both teams need a win both teams are leaking goals could be like a 5-4 or something yeah what do you think it's going to be who's at home 
uh, Huddersfield. Uh, I'm going to go Fulham win. Okay. By how much? By two goals. I'm so, not going to say how many, but okay. by two goals. Uh, I'm going to go for a nil-nil draw. I think it's going to be KG. Um All right then. Uh, on to Cardiff and Liverpool at Anfield. It finished 4-1 to Liverpool. Cardiff registered how many touches in Liverpool's box during the first half, Josh? Was it zero? It was zero. Yes, it was. Uh, Warnock said pre-match that it was and I quote virtually impossible to win at Anfield he's a tool isn't he why why would you say yeah, that surely was, you've got to instill confidence in your players he's by the way do you think he wears a wig someone showed me a photo of like one side of his head and it's like very far back and very like it doesn't go from like faded hair it just goes from like it's only on one side though on the other side it looks more natural I'm intrigued does he wear I a wig? I can't remember who this was saying, does Neil Warnock have a wig? It was over the week. What was I doing Mate. at the weekend? He totally looks like he wears a wig. Yeah? I, yeah, I get it completely. Toupee, because he... Yeah, it's... Also, his hair is in a different place on his forehead in every single photo. Yeah, which is odd. He's an ugly, ugly bastard, isn't he? Jesus. Cardiff completed 120 passes in this match, just nine more than Wijnaldum managed during the whole game. <laughs> um, so, on that confidence point, um, do you think that, obviously, it's up to the manager to sort of G the players up and instill some confidence in them? They've just come off the back of a, an important win last week, and he's going into the game saying it's impossible to win here. I think managers have a sell-by date, just as much as players do, and I think, like the age of the Neil Warnock type manager is, is over like yeah. he, 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 I can't imagine him like sitting down and watching like game after game of Liverpool on a laptop but do you think that you say that that age is over and you'll probably include like um, Allardyce and people like that in there but do you think if Warnock was sacked they'd bring in a Allardyce for example or try to at least the difference with, I think with Allardyce compared to Warnock is like Allardyce is a proven Premier League survivor I won't say manager a proven Premier League survivor he okay. knows how to set teams up to survive and I don't think Allardyce would necessarily want to take over no, at Cardiff I because I don't do. think they've got like Allardyce likes bullies in his team and Cardiff have a team of footballers they do have a team of football like yeah. players that can play football just not albeit necessarily to a Premier League standard. Yeah, they played uh, last season. They played a lot of um, long ball football. They were they were sort of um, the opposite to what f- how Fulham and, and Wolves came up. Um, Fulham and Wolves came up playing really nice football. Cardiff played a bit of hoofball, mm-hmm. um, and I don't think it's working this year. Obviously, they played fairly well last week, mm-hmm. um, but I just for me. Their goal was very lucky as well. Yeah, um, it was a good match. What is Van Dyke doing? What is Van Dyke doing? But um, I think it's up to the manager to instill the confidence in the players. You can't go pre-match and say, "Oh, we're not going to win this game." You have to be like, "You have the quality to win this game. It's going to be hard, but see what you did last week. Like, get that, take that confidence, take that result, and like, let's get let's get a win here." You yeah. can't. You can't like. What, what's go, the point? Oh, what's what the point of do? even going there if yeah. you're gonna if you think you're gonna lose anyway? Yeah, exactly. I um, like I like that um, Klopp set Liverpool up. He didn't, he didn't normally deploys three across the middle. 
You just went two across the middle. Yeah, I thought he's they not scared up, to do that. Set up interestingly, they had like Salah the furthest forward, then yeah. with Firmino in behind and Lalana and Mane on the right and the left. I think that was quite shrewd because I think if you could have set up with Salah and Mane out wide, Lalana in behind Firmino, then I feel like Firmino and Lalana would have just been in the same pockets of space. So, yeah. um, sh- should Salah have had a penalty? Uh. Yeah. Yeah, well, Morrison was holding him. He went down... The yeah, reason was, I don't think he got it was because he went down quite theatrically. Yeah, it was very theatrical. But also, he was, like, really in control of the ball. Like, the... the I feel like he could have engineered the foul a little better. Because, yeah. like, players grab hold of you, don't they? Like, well, he, he just went down. He had his arms around him. Uh, I... That's the sort of situation where you where the referee just has to see it because yeah. you could you don't go if if I hug you, right? I'm not yeah. going to. <laughs> you're love. so lonely. Uh, if I hug you, you're not going to fall over. Yeah. So, as much as you probably want to, um, you're not going to. So I don't understand why he's gone down there because he probably would have got if he has his hands up in the air and he shows the referee if he's mm-hmm. like look at what is happening here he probably gets the penalty but because he goes down he just like collapsed on the floor he's not going to get it yeah I think it's a bit of a transitional period for English referees because they're they're used to letting quite a lot go we saw in the World Cup people getting penalties for just holding people in the box yeah. whereas like in the Premier League that like it's commonplace yeah it's, it's just what what happens um, there needs to be I think it needs to be a little more black and white potentially in terms of like just don't hold people yeah like uh, unless you're good enough to get away with it and like <laughs> don't be so obvious like wrapping your hands around someone like you know yeah it's stupid yeah Um, how important is uh, Sadio Mane to this Liverpool to the way that Liverpool play very I think he he's the express pace, isn't he? Yeah, he's the pace. He chips in with goals as well. Good, great finish on his yeah, weaker side for the. You, for you his know, first it's goal. Uh, you know it's been hit hard when the cameraman can't actually keep up with it on the <laughs> yeah, replay. Yeah, you like see him shoot, and then it's just like the ball in the net. It's yeah, like, oh, okay. <laughs> I assume I assume that's Mane's goal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah he, he hadn't scored since September the first, I think. So, yeah. be glad of that. Yeah, he's a. I really like him. He's a. He's a really good player. It's taken him a little while to sort of. Um, obviously, that front three is is brilliant, but he's always been in Salah's shadow. Whereas I think I because think he quite Salah's, likes that though. Do you think? I don't think he. I think he'd struggle being the main, main, main man. I think he's like. Yeah. Adjusted to that now. Yeah, I I, I think he, um, he'll benefit from having. Uh, from Salah not playing as well, yeah. he'll, he'll enjoy being in the limelight a little yeah, bit more. Yeah. Whereas Salah just blew up last season. Um, alrighty then. So, um, onto the final game of Saturday. Uh, that was Leicester West Ham. Um, Fabian Balbuena is only the fifth Paraguayan to score in the Premier League. The first player since May 2012, and it was Alcaraz for Wigan was the last Paraguayan Do you know player. The to other score. three. I can have a guess at one of them. Uh, Roque no. Santa Cruz. Yeah, I would assume so. I haven't got the names of the other. I could probably find out for uh, you, to be honest. Clarence Acuna. I don't think he ever scored in the Premier League. 
Um, was Cla- Claudio Rain? No, he was American, wasn't he? I'll tell Claudio you now. Lions. Um, Roque Santa Cruz. Although he might have been Peruvian. I don't know. No. I don't think he was Peruvian. I think he was Paraguayan. Might have been Paraguayan. Yeah. Um, this is absolute great listening. Um, yeah, th- I mean, they might. Th- this is not planned right. at all. Oh, it doesn't say the other. It doesn't say the other. Uh, how frustrating! The other players. That's so annoying. Um, it excludes own goals, by the way. Excludes. Excludes own goals. Yeah, I will find out though, and I will post it on Twitter. Um, Vardy was dropped. Yeah, I think that was the right thing to do, and I think he came on with and showed showed some intent that maybe had been lacking from his game. Should yeah, have scored. Should, Should have scored. scored. Should have scored. Um. I was disappointed with the reaction of Mark Noble because yes, that was a red card a million times out of a million. Yeah, completely. Um, and the ref, the ref sort of even said like he sort of shrugged and was like, "Studs up, like I've got no, I've got no option." Yeah, um, I personally, that is the sort of tackle that Johnny was talking about last week that deserves more than three match ban. Yeah. It's, I mean, it wasn't intentional. If if it's Ndidi, I think the yeah. tackle was on. If Ndidi's foot is planted in the floor, he's out for the season. Yeah. So that is an unbelievably dangerous tackle. Um, he he's now the most red carded West Ham player in the Premier League. Which is um, odd because you wouldn't associate him with ill discipline. No. But he does. It was like it was like Skulls had that mean streak in him, didn't he? Like to make some horrendous tackles. Yeah. I think it's got to be a thing. The way to eradicate it is to make it when it happens, it is a red card. So, yeah. like in in rugby, three seasons ago, they had a thing: if you make contact with a player in the air, you are red carded. Now yeah. they don't have a problem with it. This season, it's if you make contact with a player's head, it's a red card, even if they're like ducking into you. And like, admittedly, games are being ruined by like lots of red cards. But in two years' time, that won't be. Yeah. In the game, and ultimately, it will improve player safety because challenges like like you, people need to stop lunging in. Like wh- he was in the middle of the pitch, yeah, like he didn't need to make that sort of attack. But then the the flip side of that is that people, um, like a lot of those tackles aren't sort of um, on, like, given because people dive still. Yeah, so people are diving. I think Alan Shearer said it on Match of the Day too. Like. The Fulham one, Kamara one was absolutely ridiculous. Like he's not gonna get uh, any other ban from that because he got yellow carded. Yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. Like he should be banned. I think he should get like a three match ban, and then that will eradicate it from the game. Yeah, um, and it should be able to be reviewed as well. But yeah, the Mark Noble red. It, it was a definite, definite red. Um, would Fabianski make your team of the season so far and if not who would play in goal um, yeah because actually none of the sort of the top keepers of I mean Edison might be there just because it, he, he's not done anything wrong and yeah. he's in a team that's top of the league um, or at the top of the league are they first yeah yeah um, yeah, he's definitely a contender. Yeah, I think he's been brilliant. I think he made if, some great saves. If you picked Saturday an eleven well. of signings for the season, he'd be in goal. Yeah, definitely. Easy peasy. Yeah, 
hundred percent. Easy peasy. Do you know what I was a little bit disappointed with? Because I think I was really pleased with how Chilwell played in those two internationals, and I think he's he's put a marker down to say I should be the left back for England. Yeah. But that tackle he made from to give away the free kick that West Ham scored from uh-huh. really naive because there are going to be better players than that playing in the international. Bit league. of an experience, you, yeah. Yeah, it was it was it was just a bit of a silly tackle. But I was only a bit annoyed because I've I've been really impressed with Chilwell. He's been brilliant. Um, yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Um, should Madison have had a penalty? Um, I'm just trying to remember the incident. Uh, it was a bit. I've seen them given and I've seen them not given. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to remember because it because there was that um, like deflected effort like right after wasn't yeah. there? Yeah. Yeah. 50-50 50-50 Yeah, you've seen them given. All right then, on to Sunday. Uh, Burnley played Chelsea uh, at Turf Moor. They lost 4-0. Uh, Sari is the first prim- Chelsea manager to go and beat in, in his first 10 Premier League games. Mm-hmm. But for Burnley, uh, it was another terrible performance. Yeah, they're um, shipping goals like yeah. left, right and centre. I think maybe they all, all their team peaked last season. They played out of their skins last mm-hmm. season. Think maybe, maybe we're seeing just the real Burnley this season. Maybe the fitness and the conditioning is a bit potentially something. Yeah, they've they've conceded twenty one goals this season so far, as opposed to eight last season. Mm-hmm. At, by this by this point, um, personally, you talked about lack of discipline with Mark Noble. Of, I think at the moment there's a lack of discipline in the Burnley defence. Um, Tarkovsky. Um, brought down Morata in the box uh, or made a tackle on Morata it went out and he retaliated Tarkovsky got in his face got a yellow card for it Lawton um, Will- obviously Willian dived which was not good he had a great game but apart that spoiled it a bit um, I he- think certainly I, I, I- with the English pl- the non-English players that don't dive I think that's more a bit of a cultural thing yeah definitely well, they say that it was br- with the influx in the early to late uh, early noughties, late nineties. They say that that's when diving came in. I wasn't old enough to remember yeah. really a lot of Premier League from around. It's just then, all, so. always been a thing. Yeah, for 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 us, it has definitely um, showing our lack of age. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I think Tarkovsky and 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 Lawton in particular, because Lawton had another. A little thing last week where mm-hmm. he got in a player's face. Sean Dyche should be saying, "What are you doing? That's pathetic! Like, just Bluff get it. on with it. The decision's been made. It's not a foul. It's not like he's Murata is going to shout at Tarkovsky. Fine, but Tarkovsky, no need for him to like go into Murata's face. I feel like uh, Sean Dyche is a manager that will encourage that, though. A bit of a meathead. Do you think that's why he possibly didn't get the Everton job? Maybe. I don't know. I think he's like I don't think he'll go on to a bigger club from here. Do you remember then there was talk he might get the Arsenal job? That was like was a it? Rumor. it was like a rumour. Oh wow. It might have no, been on B- BBC Sport gossip or something. Oh horrific. Yeah. No, I wouldn't want to see that. No. Um for Chelsea, no hazards, no problem. Um another really good game for Ross Barkley. Is he scored three games in a row. Yeah. He's playing well. Um but I want to talk about uh, two things to do with Chelsea. The first one is the Morata versus Giroud argument. We we mentioned it briefly last week. Um, Morata started this week. 
scored but missed a host of chances. Giroud also missed a couple of good chances. Hart made probably what is going to be one of the saves of the season from a Giroud mm-hmm. header. If you were Chelsea manager and you had to pick, if you had, I don't know, uh, Hazard on one side and Willian on the other or, or whatever, um, who would you be playing up front? I think it depends who you're playing. I think if a big game, when their next big game comes around, for me, Giroud starts. Big yeah. game, Giroud starts. But what I think Sarri is potentially doing is he knows he's got a striker in Morata who has the ability to score 25 goals in a season on top form. But he's... I'm not necessarily saying he's out of form. His confidence is just shot. Yeah. And I think maybe he knows Burnley have been conceding goals. He's going, go on, go on, go and start that game. Go and get go and get a couple of goals. Go and get your confidence back. Yeah. And I think on another day he scores a hat trick. Yeah. And that's like the 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 like the downward slope is reversed. So He I mean, looked a lot more confident on Saturday than he has done than I've seen Murata play for months um, he was making good runs through the middle um, the, the midfield were, were playing really nice balls into him um, he had a, like I say a couple of good opportunities just wasn't finishing them I would definitely agree with in the bigger games you play Giroud um, homesickness I think he misses being possibly misses Spain yeah possibly He's, maybe the far, game maybe would... just the Premier League's just not as well suited to him as as he scored a lot of goals in La Liga. Yeah. Maybe the Premier League's just not... Um, it's a bit more physical. To and be he's, fair, he doesn't I wouldn't have that want part to live in London either. You wouldn't so, want to live in London? No. No. Well, I, neither would I. So I completely understand his uh, his plight. Yeah. Uh, Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Um, he's got a hat-trick in the Europa League last season and scored the final goal on Sunday. He actually played right wing on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um Another future England star. Um, we were talking about the future being bright last week for England. Does he deserve more of a chance in this Chelsea team? He hasn't sco- He hasn't played a lot this season. Um, I think it's difficult because they've got six midfielders playing for three spaces and Kante and Jorginho get in the team. Yeah. So then they've got... Kovacic, Kovacic, Loftus Cheek, Barkley, and Fabregas. I mean, I know Fabregas probably. So you've got three players vying for one spot. Yeah. But I think if he can show sort of some tactical flexibility, like he did his job out there on the right because they, did, they didn't have another option. Yeah, he played well. Um, he's got the ability, he's got the pace, he's got the skill. And he's on, on scoring form. Yeah. I really like Loftus Cheek. Um, he's banging him in on FIFA for me. Excellent um, news. He's he's a, he's a really really good player in terms of, um, like you say, he can do a job in various areas of the pitch and do a really good job as well. Um, I think that was shown. He played a little. He's been he played a little bit deeper. I think on Thursday in the Europa League, uh, and then obviously yeah uh, on Sunday he played on the right hand side I think it's um, for him now he's better being at Chelsea because he'll because he'll be able to learn from people like Fabregas who aren't necessarily getting in the team but Fabregas one of the best Premier League midfielders of all time mm-hmm. however I would say that 
he does need game time. And if he's not going to get in the Chelsea team, maybe he does need to look in January to go to, uh, I don't know, an Everton or a Leicester to get some game time. I mean, I don't think he'd get in the Leicester team ahead of Madison at the moment, uh, even if he is banging in the goals. But I think he is one of those players where I'm like, he he will be one of the best players uh, like in the Premier League mm-hmm. in a few years' time. Yeah, he's got longevity. Yeah, definitely. Um, he, Burnley... Uh, play West Ham United at 3 o'clock at the weekend uh, away away yeah prediction uh, West Ham win cool uh, I'm going to go for a West Ham win as well and one that we missed Cardiff play Leicester City at 3 o'clock on Saturday um, I think Cardiff uh, sorry I think Leicester Whoa. will be spurred on to win I was going to say Josh yeah sorry so Leicester win yeah yeah I just think with everything that's sort of happened this week I think they will up the game and yeah I think it could be a route you know I think it could be a route okay next up we have uh, the other early kickoff on Sunday which was Crystal Palace versus Arsenal um, it was a definite penalty before the uh, from Mustafi yeah dived in however is there questions over the fact that it was a corner before the penalty went in. Um, Bearing I, Rob, Rob Holden had no shirt on. I haven't seen that because it wasn't on any of the highlights that I paid attention to. Oh, really? It may have been on the highlights I was watching, but I wasn't looking up when that happened. So what happened was Jordan Ayew had a hold of Rob Holden and like just actually ripped his shirt. Um, yeah. It's a difficult one because it, there was not necessarily any sort of foul. Holden didn't go down. Um, however, if you're holding a shirt like that, and is it, it's obvious. This is yeah. post. Like, even if he's given the corner, I'll be saying, right, I didn't see it, but have you seen his shirt? Like, mm-hmm. I think that should be a, a, a free kick, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, but absolutely ridiculous defending by Mustafi. He was nowhere yeah. near the ball. And, like... Yeah, it was a bit of an odd place to go to ground as well. Yeah, great penalty though by a player that, by Milivojevic, a player that missed last week against Everton. Um, I think it was Jamie Redknapp was saying he would have taken Milivojevic off penalties this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he went and banged in two. two. Um, that's uh, Palace's first home goal in the league this season. Um, but goal of the weekend f- for me from Granit Xhaka. Yes. What a finish. What a finish. I mean, p- people might be saying that the keeper should do better with it, but it's he got he got a little touch on it. He got no he did no chance of saving no. that for me. Bullet free kick. Bullet but then Shaka ruined that with a stupid tackle down the other end. Yes. Was he playing left back again or not? Yeah, he played him left back. Um are they have they got a bit of an injury crisis? They've uh, so the only other options are Monreal, who's clearly injured, and uh, Kalasinic. So yeah, they must both be injured. Because that he, I, I have a bit of sympathy for Jack for Xhaka, Actually, bearing in mind he's not a fullback. He's not a fullback I, I, at all. I, it was Alex Scott on um, Super Sunday this week. I really like Alex Scott. Uh, she was saying that. Um, however, I disagree with her on this. She was saying that um, he should have shown him down the line. Well, yeah, he should have, but 
he's not a fullback. Yeah. So like you, it's not his natural. Instinct. He plays in the middle of the park. His natural instinct is to suffocate stand the ball front yeah. on. Yeah. Um, admittedly, stick a leg out like that. There's always the chance that you're going to be uh, you're going to give a penalty away. But um, I, I do have a bit of sympathy with Xhaka. I have to admit. Um, the second Arsenal goal scored by Aubameyang. He's got 17 goals and five assists in 23 games since joining Arsenal. Um, but Lacazette handballed it into his path. Um, another decision that VAR would have sorted really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but it was obvious. How didn't the officials see that? It's crazy. Um, but how good is uh, Aubameyang? Uh, proven quality. Did it over several seasons at Dortmund. Um, in a Dortmund team that probably weren't actually doing as well as they could have done. Yeah. Uh, they were sort of suffering a bit of a hangover from nearly toppling Bayern Munich's domination. Um, I wish he'd just been in the Premier League a bit earlier. Yeah. I well, hope he stays in the Premier League for fact, a long time. He was on trial at Newcastle. Uh, another Mike Ashley era catastrophe. On trial at Newcastle, didn't want to sign him. Ridiculous. Could have been could have been banging in the goals, mate, this season. I don't think he'd still be in yeah. Newcastle. <laughs> well, he might be, actually. Yeah, yeah. He'd have probably played himself into such yeah. poor form. Yeah, exactly. No That's him. true. That is true. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, so that ended off, basically ended Arsenal's uh, uh, winning run. Winning run. Uh, they're still 12 unbeaten, though. Uh, and they go and play Arsenal in the late kickoff on Saturday. Arsenal uh, go and play Arsenal. That'll be a good game. <sighs> they both play. Who's going to play? Arsenal left, play. Who's going to play the left back <laughs> yeah, for the other team? Yeah, exactly. Um, Arsenal play Liverpool at the Emirates. I know oh. it said Highbury there. You know. <laughs> I remember Highbury. Yeah. <laughs> One of the first Premier League games I've watched actually. Arsenal came from two 0 down against Villa. Cool story, bro. Paul Merson was playing for Villa. That's how old that was. Yeah. <laughs> um, draw. Uh, I'm gonna go for. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna stick my neck out. I'm gonna go for an Arsenal win, two nil. You put a bet on for them to win the league, didn't you? I did, yeah. Look at that grin. Pre-season as well. Pre-season. Uh, and Crystal Palace, uh, they play on. Sunday against Chelsea. Lose. Um, Chelsea win. Chelsea win? Yeah, I'm going to yeah. go Chelsea win as well. I'm going to go 3-0 Chelsea. I think it's going to be a bit of a rout, to be honest. Okay, last game of the weekend. Uh, second last game of the weekend, sorry, penultimate game. Manchester United versus Everton. Finished 2-1 to Manchester United. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've now scored 100 Premier League goals against Everton and only the second team to score 100-plus goals against a single opponent in the competition who was the other team to against, score the 100 goals to score over 100 goals against a single team Arsenal yeah against Man City no um, think about teams that have been in the Premier League for the whole time Vi- no Villa no no Spurs no. Newcastle Everton no. no yes Everton oh Everton have got a leaky defence yeah I know 107 goals against Everton Arsenal scored. Cray. Uh, right, I want to talk about something that we've talked about on the previous podcast, mm-hmm. and that is Paul Pogba's penalty run-up. Right, I've got a fact for you about this. Go on. It takes Usain Bolt less time to run 100 metres yes. 
than it does for Paul Pogba to run up and take his penalty. You know, he took, I think it was 23 steps. It was 26. 26. Yeah. Ashley Young said in his post-match press conference that uh, he was like, well, it doesn't matter if he puts it away. He didn't put it away. Yeah. He missed. He got he saved. very fortunate. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. I feel so sorry for Pickford. Don't you think that was a bit of an identical penalty save to the one from Carlos Backer in the World Cup? Hand up yeah. like this. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I was not that. I was a little bit too um, sort of bevved <laughs> on that Columbia game, I have to admit. Barely see the screen. Yeah, yeah, I was squinting, I have to admit. Um, but I think that is just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. And then, like... For me, like he posted a video on Twitter the next day, which was like, because um, there was a little hashtag going around that was like things that happen quicker than Pogba's penalty taken or something. Um, and it was like Brexit and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was it was really good hashtag. Luke Shaw was like, um, revive your Man United career and sign a new contract. Mm-hmm. Um, but he posted like a video on Twitter the next day of him like doing that run to his car. And he was, and I was like, "It's not a thing. It's not a thing. Like, why are you, why are you glorifying you being a fucking idiot? Yeah, basically, he's, he's, he's such an idiot. And you know what? That's such an ego thing. And I, I, I wish he'd missed. Like, I wish that Pickford had pushed it to one side. He was very lucky that it came back to him. And you know what? He had, apart from that, and apart from then showboating, which led to the Everton goal, he had a good game. Yeah, but he spoiled it with two moments of." being Paul Pogba basically uh, but we'll get to that another really good goal for uh, Anthony Martial um, banging form I think he's form. one of the first names on their team sheet at the moment yeah. in that left left forward role turned down a contract last week new contract do you think he'll sign one or do you think he'll um, he's probably being a little bit like well you've treated me a bit like shit so I'm not just going to be like oh yes it's all fine so I think ultimately he will stay because he's getting plenty of game time at the moment. And plenty of money. Uh, yeah, indeed. Well, it worked for Rooney, didn't it? Throwing a hissy fit and then yeah. they like doubled his contract amount. Yeah. Everton looked uh, fairly like lacklustre in the whole game, uh, to be honest. They had a good chance at the end where Bernard went through and Walcott was square, but Bernard had tunnel vision. Uh, was that the one where he like, passed it into the side netting? Yeah. Yeah, round the keeper. Yeah. Uh, but probably apart from Pogba being a tool, the big talking point was uh, Chris Smalling giving that pe- second penalty, uh, giving the penalty away. He didn't. For Everton. He didn't complain. I enjoyed that. He knew it was a foul. Yeah. It was the most blatant foul. But you've why ever seen. is he making that tackle there? Yeah, he's he going, doesn't need to. He's yeah, going away from goal. Going away from goal. But he'd been yellow carded earlier in the match. So do you've seen yellow for that? Uh, no, I think it was a straight red because of the. Oh no, no, he didn't. He didn't get. He didn't get a card yeah. for that tackle. Yeah, that should have been a yellow. But then the refs probably got so, so caught up in like giving him a penalty, giving the penalty that he's again maybe use some sympathy. What was I thinking of? They got red carded. Oh. Um, <laughs> don't mind me. Um, yeah, silly tackle, and that, that's why he's not getting picked for England anymore. Because he, you'll he's, never win anything with Chris Small at the bar. Yeah, you need. I don't understand why he's playing small and over by. Again, he's one of those players that probably natural ability is quite good, but he just he probably rocks up for training at nine mm-hmm. and then goes. If if a Man United fan can tweet in, or Instagram in or something, with a reason 
to why Chris Morlin is playing over Eric Bai. Like one good reason, and not Mourinho prefers him. Yeah, then I will hold my hands up. If that's statistics, if that's like, I don't know, something to show me that he got sent off in the Manchester derby last year, didn't he, Smalling? Yeah, two yellow cards with about awful. half an hour. Yeah, he's awful. And like, I, I know, I'm like maybe Mourinho's trying to prove a point because he didn't get his striker that he wanted, uh, his, his defender that he wanted. He didn't get Maguire. He didn't get um, Alderweireld. Yeah, I think uh, or uh, Diego Godin. Yeah, and uh, or like I can't remember who the other player was from like Villarreal or someone like that, Ruben Vezo or someone like that. I think um, didn't get him. So maybe he's trying to prove a point, but he's awful. He's absolutely awful. All right, the last uh, Premier League game of the weekend was last, not last night, night before Monday night. Spurs versus Manchester City. It finished one nil to Man City. Um, Question for you, Josh. Mm-hmm. Raheem Sterling made his 200th Premier League appearance tonight, aged 23 and 325 days. Mm-hmm. Only four players have reached that figure at a younger age. Who are they? Owen. No. Rooney. Yeah. Um, Gerard. No. Walcott. No. Are they all English? Uh, two are English and one is Spanish. Um, two are English and one is Spanish. Oh, that's. We've already cool. talked about this person not getting in the Chelsea side today. The Spanish player. Fabregas. Yeah. Um, two English players. Uh, I should be able to get this. Um, recent or not so recent? Not so recent. Gareth Barry. Yes. Milner yes spot yeah. on well done that's good look at him he's so happy oh, you yeah. can't see him but he's so happy Mahrez goal really classy celebration yeah, but also tiny classy, tip ruined uh, within six minutes yeah there. that's Riyad. Um classy build up play um, really nice um, little ball over the top by Edison Just smashed it up but Sterling did incredibly well poor by Kieran Trippier yeah yeah, it's one of those mistakes that taken in isolation maybe doesn't lead to a goal, but then he sort of like didn't make up for yeah. it. And yeah. Um, but the state of that pitch. How long prior to that game had the American football match taken place? Twenty four hours. Yeah, I think that's. I think there should be a rule as to how, like, because American football, like ruins your pitch because you got players going down on it it should be like three or four days because how have the ground staff had time to well they haven't well they haven't the 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 logo was still in the middle of the pitch all the lines were still there i have to admit uh, i i did put it on and think oh actually the lines would be quite a good idea in football because you'd be able to see if they were offside or not a little bit better. Yeah, but of course, because football's run by like old white men, they don't. They think that's a silly idea. Yeah, exactly. Um, absolutely ridiculous. How can you play on a pitch that looks like that? And yeah. I feel sorry for two footballer teams. I mean, to be fair, Spurs' stadium should have been finished by now. Yeah. Um, I can't believe they're still playing it. It's not going to be ready till next year. Mm-hmm. Um... So, I mean, they've dug 
put themselves in a hole really but for a team like Man City who are going to go there and play football it's hard to play football on a pitch that looks like that they uh, they did play out from the back less than they yeah. usually do though Edison was kicking it longer um, and you know like they had Spurs fans ringing in to complain and actually I agreed with Chris Sutton on this on Fire 5 Live Daily um, both teams had to play on the pitch it was the same for both teams felt yeah. a bit sorry for Lamella because that chance it's just bobbed up onto yeah. his ankle um, I think Kane was given wrongly offside in the first half as well. He was clean through on goal. Uh, quite possibly, yeah. Um, that, so, you know, but there, there's just a bit of a vibe around Spurs at the moment. Pochettino's coming out with some negative comments in the press. Um, do you I, think he'll... We'll get on to the Real Madrid job in a bit, but do you think he's angling for a little... No, because I think that's a job that will always be there for him. Because... Um, they have a new manager every 18 months, two years. They've just got quite a high turnover in managers. Whereas I think this is a this is a project for him at Spurs, but I feel like that project's starting to lose momentum for him because he's not being backed in the transfer market. Apparently this uh, stadium's costing them a billion pounds. Bloody hell, that is expensive. So um, like, no wonder they're not signing players, but they, they do need to go out and make some signings in January because they've had a good start to the season. Like They're, they're not out of contention, but they're... They just don't have the squad depth. No, I agree. Um, one place where they don't have much depth is in goal. Um, Hugo Lloris, he was brilliant last week and then got sent off in the Champions League. Had some great moments this week, with some dodgy moments as well. Um, there's been some question marks raised over Lloris. World Cup winning captain. He's got no competition, which doesn't help. Yes, uh, that is true. What are your views on Lloris then? He's always been prone to like moments of madness, but I think he he makes some unbelievable saves as well. Yeah. So it's a difficult one. I I wouldn't say I think he has world class ability, but he's not consistently a world class performer. Yeah, I would agree with that. Definitely. Uh it's interesting. Um Manchester City on the other hand, um they weren't as clinical as usual. Last night, uh, they created some good chances. David Silva the had a really good chance. Last night, sorry, Monday night. I keep forgetting it's yeah, uh, Wednesday. It's um, they had some really good chances on Monday night. Silva had a really good chance to mm-hmm. make it two nil. Didn't really catch it and then passed it to Sterling and then it all flitted out. Basically, is um, do you think it's just a a little blip or like? Do you think the pitch had anything to do with it, or? Um, well, you know they're playing against a Spurs team that are like better than most of the other teams they play against. Yeah, they're gonna have days where they're not as consistent. Yeah, um, um, they play actually. They play tomorrow night, so Thursday night, in the Carabao Cup. I'd imagine a heavily rotated squad. That's, I think it's harsh, you know, yeah. playing on a Monday and then a Thursday. Yeah, and then they're harsh. gonna play. They'll play on, uh, on Sunday. They play. Yeah, that's... still like. Three days turnaround between That's these harsh. games. That's harsh. So they play Southampton on Sunday. Um, That'll be a win for them. Yeah, I will definitely go for that. Uh, I'm going to say 3-0 and Mark Hughes' penultimate game. Interesting. Do you agree I'll hold you not? to that. All right, yeah. I'll see how that one pans out. Um, Spurs play on Saturday night. Saturday night football mm-hmm. against Wolves. It's a battle of two teams that Glenn Hoddle has managed. It is. Prediction? Um, score draw. 
Oh, really? Yeah. I'm going to go for a Wolves win. Oh. Oh. 1-0. A um, couple of games I think I've forgotten to mention. Bournemouth, Man United. Uh, United win. Uh, I'm going to go for a Bournemouth win. Okay. It's at Bournemouth. So I'm going to go for a 1-0. A 1-0-er. Uh, and every other game we've been through. How lovely cool. is that? Um, Bolton played Hull City on Saturday. Right. Yeah, no, we, we lost. You did? You lost 1-0? Hull scored after seven minutes. Guess who scored? I don't know. What, one cap wonder for England. David Nugent? No. Who? He played in the match that Stuart Pearce took charge of against Holland. Uh, Jake when, Livermore? No, centre forward. Don't he know. is a certainty yeah, Fraser Campbell. Fraser Campbell? Yeah. Um, another loss we against won. a team that was second bottom. Yeah, at home. At home. We've, not, we've won once in 11 games. Uh, for me, Phil Parkinson has done some good things for the team. He got us promoted from League One, but he's, he's above his level in the Championship, in my opinion. You had more possession, more mm-hmm. shots, more passes than Hull. Oh, yeah, we missed a load of chances. Against well. a really poor Hull side. You play at Aston Villa on Friday night. It's on Sky. Come watch it on me phone. I'm going to watch it. I um, mean, I wouldn't if I was you. Yeah, but, um, no, I'm going to... Well, I'm going to try and watch it. Um, Villa are in a tough period there I think they lost their last game uh, or it was like the first game that he didn't win or something the new manager mm-hmm. um, I'm just trying to find it now uh, it must have been on, on TV yeah they lost against QPR last week do you think that you can get a win against Villa to end this run no okay. I'm going to stick to Bolton's form and go with absolutely not Okay. I mean, it's not like I'm being. Um, but you look at look at players we've got though, like Mark Wilson. Like yeah. played in the Premier League for years. Is that the st- the guy that played for Stoke? Yeah. Um, Pavel Olkowski, Poland international defender. I'm convinced he just got the wrong club. <laughs> um, Josh Vela. But then you look at we've got players like Clayton Donaldson, like. We've got this lad called Doidge. What a name. Doidge. Doidge on loan. Will Buckley on the bench. He came off the bench. McGuinness came off the bench. Um, I just feel, yeah, it's doom and gloom a bit at the moment, I have to say. Yeah. One of the... Uh, just to move on from that, one of the other big talking points of this week was uh, Barcelona against Real Madrid. Barcelona mm-hmm. won 5-1. In the aftermath, so this is Monday night... Uh, Julian Lopetegui I think that's how you say it uh, has been sacked um, Antonio Conte this morning has ruled himself out of the job mm-hmm. if he was ever in contention we don't know no I don't think his personality is sort of right for that job is um, who who's the next bo- manager to go in there well, Johnny we, said it would be Arsene Wenger but I think it's way too early now we, we know that um, they want Pochettino at some point. At some point. They've tried to get him before. Um, is Ancelotti managing anybody? Although he's been there recently and got Yeah, fired. I feel like... Is Ancelotti not at Napoli? Yeah, maybe. Um, I'm just trying to think who's out of work. Well, there's talk that they want to hire in-house. 
uh, and it's Santiago Solari. Solari, not Scolari. Solari. When I had FIFA, FIFA 2003 on my PS2, uh, he was in my Real Madrid team that oh, I, I was playing on the easiest setting and winning like 8-0 every game <laughs> back when it was fun, aged 8 yeah. <laughs> to do that. Now I like losing on yeah, harder yeah. difficulties. Um, it's, a, it's a tough one for Real Madrid because they have to get this right. They're ninth in La Liga at the moment. Yeah. Um, I mean, La Liga is looking a fairly funny at the moment because uh, obviously, well, apart from Barcelona being top, but I think Alaves are second, um, mm-hmm. Atletico are fourth, I think. So it's um, a weird time in La Liga at the moment, but I think they will hire in-house maybe just until the end of the season and then they'll see where they're at. And then I think Pochettino, depending on how he gets on with Spurs this season, that might be his time. Yeah. You have to say, for Lopetegu, Lopetegu. It's not, 2018's not been his year, has it? No, um, he shouldn't have gone. He shouldn't have done what he did. No. Uh, partly Real Madrid's fault, admittedly. But if he'd stayed for the Euros, I mean, Spain... Do you mean the World were, Cup? Uh, the World Cup, sorry. Spain were, Spain's qualifying were incredible. Yeah. Um, but then was that him, or is that the players that they've got are already well, incredible? Well, you have to say, they didn't perform so well in the World Cup, did they? So yeah, that's it's true. partly down to him. Mm-hmm. Um, where next for him? Is he going to get another big job, or will he have to go back down? He's not a name that I'd particularly heard of before he managed Spain. No, same here. Um, he'll manage someone in Spain when he'll stay yeah. at home, I'd imagine. Like a Malaga or someone yeah. like that. A Malaga. Uh, all right then. So last week we asked for your top five goalkeepers ever uh, of all time. Josh Batley. Do I have to put them in order from five to one, or is it just five? Keepers? No, it's just five. Five keepers. Okay. Go on then. Gianluigi Buffon. Cool. I think that's obvious. Yeah. Um, World Cup winner with Italy in that World Cup campaign he conceded two goals in open play one was an own goal and one was a penalty yeah um, Ica Casillas made his Real Madrid debut age 16 he was first team and I believe he was captaining at 19 wow uh, and by the age of 31 he had won everything he could in football World <laughs> Cup Euros and he was the captain of Spain and all of those yeah. as well uh, I believe he's the record cap holder for Spain absolute legend of goalkeeping had a little bit of a tail off in quality that led to him sort of being sold by Madrid and stuff but he's, I mean yeah. he's been fairly decent at Porto uh, I've gone for Peter Schmeichel okay. record Denmark caps holder with 129 Euro 92 winner five league titles in eight years at United um, which in his last game he was captain and man of the match in the 99 Champions League final also nine career goals has he? Yeah. From what? Penalties? No. It's going up into the box. No the way. Games, yeah. How Nine many of those for, were for Man United? Let's have a little look, shall we? He uh, was a quality goalkeeper. However, he hasn't made my top five because, uh, if I remember rightly, he was in goal for the 5-0 drubbing. And I just remember Philip Albert chipping him. Chipping him. So, for me... That like you had uh, last week when you said that um, Lampard wasn't in your top five penalty takers mm-hmm. because of yeah one that's penalty. fine I couldn't put uh, couldn't so put um, for United he scored no goals in two hundred and ninety two oh, really? appearances uh, for Aston Villa played twenty nine scored one uh, for Vidovra <laughs> v- 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 okay seventy eight appearances six goals wow. 
Brondby, 119 appearances, two goals, and Denmark, 129 appearances, one goal. Wow. That's pretty good for a goalkeeper, yeah. I have to admit. Good Although, effort. on last week's, uh, when you were talking about goalkeepers last week, maybe fairly poor return for a goalkeeper. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then I've gone for Peter Shilton. I know we were having okay. a little discussion about this before. Um, 31-year career. Yeah. Um, record appearance holder for England with 125, including 66 clean sheets. Yeah. Went to five World Cups, has the joint most World Cup clean sheets with 10. Who's the other keeper that has that? Good question. French played in the Premier League. Oh, Fabien Barthez. Really? Wow. Barthez, I used to call him. Barthez. Age like six and then like <laughs> laugh out loud. Uh, captained England to a World Cup at the age of 40 and... He, in his 20-year international career, there was another keeper who was like just as good as him, but he consistently got picked ahead of him, which was uh-huh. Ray Clements. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's why I've gone for him. And then I've gone for a bit of a... I don't think this is a left-field selection, but I don't think many people will have put this bloke in, but Oliver Kahn. Yeah. Uh, pretty much dragged Germany to the 2002 World Cup final. Yeah, uh, and he's the only keeper to be named player of the tournament at a World Cup he won wow. the golden ball Yeah, uh, and his penalty shootout heroics in the 2001 Champions League final also helped Bayern win their first one for 25 years um, and probably in a one-on-one situation he's probably the keeper I'd go for just like big like one-on-one shot yeah. stopper so yeah they're, they're my five well mine are quite similar I don't have any stats to back mine up but I also have Buffon I also have Olivia Kahn. Olivia? Oliver? Oliver Kahn. (laughs) Olivia Kahn. Olivia Kahn. Is that his missus or something? Uh, I also have uh, Ica Casillas. I have, as my final two, I've gone for goalkeepers. I think we spoke about this before we went on air. Um, uh, I've gone for goalkeepers that I've seen play Mm -hmm. in my lifetime. So next up, Edwin van der Sar. He He was probably sixth. On my list he was I remember him not so much at Fulham but I remember him being decent uh, but when he went to Man United he was sat behind Ferdinand and Vidic admittedly mm-hmm. probably the greatest cent- centre-back pairing of all time but an absolutely unbelievable um, goalkeeper generally Uh Obviously, he's won Champions Leagues, Premier Leagues, FA Cups, League Cups. He's won everything. So, uh, he can't be overlooked. And my final one is um, Manuel Neuer. Mm-hmm. Um, he's He's been so consistently, probably for the last four or five years, um, maybe not in the last year. But he was injured for quite a lot. Yeah. Um, I think he's he's been the best goalkeeper in the world. Mm-hmm. And you're not, you don't stay up there. You don't stay number one for Bayern Munich without being one of the best goalkeepers in the world. I think, for me with Neuer, I know he's got like at least five years left of his career, so I think if you'd have asked me that question in when he's retired, he would be in, in there. Yeah. It's difficult because I think you would probably have... Um, I, I, I was When I was writing this list, I was watching Match of the Day and I was like, would I put David De Gea in? We've spoken about David De Gea, like his mistakes. He's not won anything though, yet. Like, no, big. Has he not got a World Cup technically? Was he not in the squad? No, I don't think so. Because they had um, like Victor Valdez and Pepe. Ah, uh, yeah, of course. So, uh, but he, and he doesn't consistently play well for Spain. Whereas Neuer for Germany is 
consistently brilliant. He's a skipper, isn't he? Yeah. Um, but yeah, really interesting. Some uh, suggestions that we've had on Instagram. Uh, let me just get it up. I know um, Elliot Tut, who listens to the podcast, he... Did he put himself in there? Because I would definitely agree with that. He, he is a great keeper, night. to be fair. He is a great keeper, to be fair. No, he put Mark Schwarzer, Darren Randolph, Shea Given, Victor Valdez, and Dimi Konstantopoulos. Is that just because of his Cause name? Because they've all played for Middlesbrough. Um, <laughs> uh, Johnny, who was on the podcast last week, said Buffon, Casillas, Khan... Uh, Yashin yeah Lev Yashin yeah and uh, I think this one is more um, a sentiment uh, Pavel Cernacek mm-hmm. yeah we to, like be, that, to be fair if we'd gone sentiment I would have had uh, personally I would have had Shea Given in there we yeah I'd have put Yaska Linen in yeah absolute legend Bolton um, legend got it in got it in yeah uh, Jimmy who listens to the podcast as well he said Peter Schmeichel uh, Oliver Kahn Ike Kisias Yussi Yaska Linen and uh, Neville Southall. Yeah, fair. When when we do this, it's um, it's it's interesting to see. Obviously, there's going to be cons- some consistent names. I think for this week's one, I don't think there's going to be any names that are the. Well, there'll be one or two names that are the same. Mm-hmm. Um, but not uh, not four or five. Uh, and I find it really really interesting. So this week we want you to get involved in, and this is going to be my. Uh, thing this week leading on from our top five goalkeepers I want your top five creative midfielders ever that could be a deep lying creative player it there could, could be, be a... yeah it could be deep lying could be a, like a creative winger something like mm-hmm. that just some sort of a player that got lots of assists got a few goals um, I haven't even thought about mine yet Yeah, uh, but I've got a few players in there that I know mm-hmm. I just need to get some statistics to back me up uh, alright then we've got a couple of questions in this week uh, one or two let me just get them up the first one is from uh, my cousin Matthew um, this question is on um, it's on Newcastle does Rafa's negative tactics adversely affect us once we go behind as there seems to be no plan B. This is quite a long question, but I want you to take it in and answer it, Josh. As well as he does, he needs to... Uh, sorry. As well as does he need to take more flack than he does for some of his decision-making. For example, taking Muto off instead of Perez uh, against Brighton, as well as only using one sub, although we don't have any, really have anything on the bench. So, does Rafa do his tactics... Uh, have a negative effect when we go behind I think, think I'm going to start with the substitution thing I think Perez is a player that Rafa has a lot of faith in um, because he can do the job that Rafa wants in that team the way he's setting them up Perez is quite crucial in the system that he's decided to go with um, I feel like there are players on the bench that he probably doesn't want to bring on Um Although I saw Atsu came off the bench on the weekend. Yeah, Pigs must have been flying. Um, it's tricky, isn't it? Like, Rafa's in one of those difficult positions where there's not really that much he can do, but then does that mean he's immune from criticism? No, I think he'd put his hand up and say that he has made some wrong decisions, but yeah. it's not like he's got a wealth of choice. Yeah, he's sort I of agree. having to find the best way through that he can. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Um, also, uh, 
Johnny wants to know uh, our all-time Newcastle eleven from from me and your all-time Bolton eleven. But we're going to do this in some sort of like where maybe over the next couple of weeks maybe we'll go through. Yeah, okay. Um, but I'll we'll we'll be out. talking. We'll be going through that over the next couple of weeks. Because I'm interested to see who I'm going to have in mine. Yeah. Yeah. And who you're going to have in yours. I can guarantee two players of yours. Who? Three players of yours who? already. You'll see Oscar Linen, Yeah. JJ Kotcher. Yeah. Kevin Davies. Kevin Nolan. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I'm interested. Because I'm going to have to fit in all the legends. Yeah. Oh, it might not be Kevin Davies. Nat Lofthouse. We'll, we'll, we'll see over the coming weeks. Might have to go two up top. Oh, it's going to have to be two up top. Oh, no, 4-5-1 in homage to Allardyce. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Uh, all right, final thing for this week. JB's tiny tip. It didn't go well last week. No, it was ruined, really. Um, can you do, like, two teams to share an amount of goals? Is that a thing? Oh, so, like, more than how many goals in a game? Yeah. Yeah, can do that. Which which games are you wanting? Arsenal-Liverpool. So Arsenal, Liverpool, and uh, how many goals do you think it is going to be? I think be? they're going to share four goals. So you think there's going to be more than three and a half more goals than, in the game? Yeah. Okay, right. Let me see if I can get this up. Uh, <clears throat> right. Over. Oh, I can do over two and a half goals. That what's that is. On that? 8 to 15 that's shocking odds so if we put a pound on you would get uh, £1.53 yeah no let's not do that <laughs> let's not do that that's a shame I'd pick that one out early um, oh wait there no sorry over three and a half goals yeah 5 to 4 that's still pretty it's bad. still fairly terrible what would we get if we put a £2.25 well, I feel like I'm after last week's thirty-three to one. Maybe that's what we should go for. Is that what you want to go for? Yeah, should we go for that? I feel like that's a goal fest. Right, playing it safe, fairly safe anyway. Trying to recoup some losses. So this week, JB's tiny tip: over three and a half goals in the Arsenal versus Liverpool game. Mm-hmm. Bet placed. Thank you very much, Josh. Is there anything that's else that we right. want to talk about this week? No, I don't think so. Uh, thank you very much for listening and uh, get involved with your top five creative midfielders of all time uh, on Twitter and Instagram. A post will be going up probably either tomorrow or Friday, uh, so Thursday or Friday, and uh, we want to hear from you. just want to say a big thanks to Ollie for his very touching piece yeah. at the start of the programme. Thanks, well. Ollie. Um, yeah, we probably couldn't have put it better ourselves, so... It's really good. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, Get in touch at JaffPod and hashtag JaffPod. And we'll see you all next week. Bye.